The Super Bowl is done and it is officially draft season. And today we've got a special guest to discuss the Colts approach. Let's get to it. You are locked on Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers, you guys get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. What is up, everybody? I am Jake Arthur from HorseshoeHuddle.com and joined today by special guest Damian Parson of the Draft Network and our very own Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Welcome to the show, Damian. I think this is the first time we got you on. Yeah, man, it's definitely the first time, but I'm excited to be here, man. You know what I mean? I'm a, uh, you guys drafted one of my favorite players last year and Anthony Ooh, Richardson, yeah. so I keep close eye on those Colts. Yes, that'll honestly, beautiful job by you. That'll segue us in perfectly because last year the Colts had so many huge needs. You had to get head coach first and foremost, and then the Colts wanted to go the bright young offensive mind route, and they got that with Shane Steichen. They needed a quarterback. They they finally realized they were not just one veteran away. Uh, and the offensive line and the condition that it was in wasn't really built to help a, a older quarterback like a Matt Ryan. So they got the, the bright young offensive coach in Steichen. They paired him with Anthony Richardson. Uh, unfortunately, only made it through four games before injuries kind of took over and a shoulder injury forced him to have season-ending surgery. Uh, but nonetheless, he showed more than enough for the Colts to kind of put their eggs in that basket. Like Anthony Richardson is their planned future of the Colts. And so, you know, you got a left tackle on a, a rookie deal still. You have a defensive front that just had 50 sacks. So... There's no enormous needs on this roster. They're kind of in a place where they can go best player available. Uh, but that doesn't mean there aren't some sensitive spots on there that definitely need to be addressed. So, I mean, you're you're a national writer. The, the draft is your life, especially this time of year. When you look at this Colts roster, what do you think they need to do first? <clears throat> I think, you know, they have to look at, like, both sides of the ball. <clears throat> and for me, I think – the when I look at this this roster, the two positions I think that they could absolutely like really put some talent into is getting another corner, right? To you know, Juju mm -hmm. Brents, who I was really high on. You know, I know he battled some injuries as a rookie and everything, but I think with his height, weight, the arm length, the athleticism that he has, I think you know, his competitiveness as well. Saw him down in Mobile last year at the senior bowl, and he was part, arguably one of the best players, no matter what position or what side of the ball while he was down in Mobile last year, I think you got a high ceiling guy with him getting another corner uh, to go opposite side of him. Cause you always think about just kind of what you're dealing with, whether it's dealing with, you know, Deandre Hopkins and uh, Traylon Burks in Tennessee, you know, whether it's Christian Kirk, if they bring back uh, Calvin Ridley or if they decide to draft the receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Like, you know, just looking at this division, of course, Tank Dell, Nico Collins, if they can get John Mechie going, like you want to have, have you want to have the ability to say, you know what, I have 
I always talk about this, like building the right wide receiver room like a basketball team, having that point guard all the way through the center. You want to have your cornerback room similar. Like, is you don't want a bunch of fours trying to guard a point guard, right? Like we've seen, mm-hmm. we all watch basketball at some point, whether it's the March Madness or the NBA playoffs, you don't want Nikola Jokic on Steph Curry on the three-point line. It's just not what you want, right? So, you know, I think that's what you you want to have that versatility where you can you can mix and match if you go man to man, where you can be versatile, right? And I think adding another corner, uh, a guy that is probably a little bit smaller, more twitchy, change the direction type of corner, man to man guy would pair very well with uh, Juju Brents, but also the tight end position. I think when you look at what, what you have in Anthony Richardson, a guy that can like his arm talent. You defense is gonna have to cover every blade of grass, right? We just saw the mm-hmm. Super Bowl where Brock Purdy c- couldn't connect down the field when you know Kansas City went man to man, he couldn't make them pay for it. Well, you got a guy like Anthony Richardson with that arm talent where it's like, yeah, no, I'll make you pay for that, like whether it's up the seam outside, like, but you know, adding a tight end to this offense, and I think the tight ends that they have are solid, but if you can get yourself a game changer type of tight end, it can really take this offense over the top. And I would say the only, the one other position, it's not a huge need because I know Mike, you know, Mike Whitman Jr. is on the um, you know, I expect him to either get tagged or get a long-term deal done this offseason. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say a true deep threat. And I know Alec Pierce being the 6'3, 6'4, um <clears throat> big body build-up speed guy. I know that he's always gonna be, you know, able to take the top off defense at times. But if you can get yourself a, a, a guy that re- like has that four three speed and it's not so much build up, it's instant, right? Because you think about with, with with Anthony Richardson and JT in the backfield, the RPO game, the read option game, you know, the QB keeper, stuff like that, it's gonna be hard to play too high. It's gonna be hard to sit with two high safeties 10 to 15 yards back and try to take away the deep ball when you've got a potent rushing attack in your backfield. So I think getting that 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 other receiver that can really okay you want to go single high or if they dare dear god you go cover zero we're going to make you pay for that right we have a speed threat that can run that bang eight a speed that speed threat that we can run the go route and he can absolutely take off so i think those are the things that the three positions i i look at most that i would love to see them address this offseason yeah and that's that pretty much mirrors what They've even, you know, acknowledged that as soon as the season is ended, they want to get more explosive on offense and they know they need it on defense as well. So offensively, I'm right there with you. I don't really see an instance where Michael Pittman Jr. isn't there. Josh Downs looks like a dude, you know, that mm-hmm. that's a slot guy you can really rely on. It's like you wish you knew more about Alec Pierce to this point, because like you can see he is growing, get a little getting a little more well-rounded. But without Anthony Richardson back there, you know, for two seasons now, he he's a he's a downfield specialist, and he just has not had quarterbacks that do that. Gardner Minshew, Matt Ryan, all those yeah. guys, there that's not them. And so you wish you knew more about him at this point. But in the NFL, you don't have time to sit around and wait for everybody. So I'm with you. If if a field stretcher falls into their lap, I think they would be open to that. They do want to get uh, more explosive. Now, I think they'd be probably willing to find that in rounds three, four, five. But again, we don't know what's going to happen in the, in this draft. If if one of these top few guys is there, it could happen. Uh, that's why e- even with tight end as well, um, going into camp, it looked like arguably their biggest strength on the whole roster, at least the, the deepest group. Jelani Woods wasn't able to get on the field. He had hamstring injuries that 
kept him from ever getting on the field. Drew Ogletree has shown some some stuff, but he's on the commissioner's exempt list. We don't know if he's even going to be on the team. And then Kylan Granson is a nice yards after catch guy. And then Mo Cox is a blocker. So you lack that dynamic player. And not everyone has to be a George Kittle or a Travis Kelsey, but someone to just like be a, a consistent part of the offense and kind of move the chains. And then cornerback, exactly. Like Juju Brents is kind of like Anthony where injuries kind of dictated the season, but you've seen enough to know you want that guy out there all the time. Um, Jalen Jones was nice on the other end. I mean, seventh round pick, you don't get that much production that often. Thanks. So that was great, but that's not why you drafted him. You didn't draft him to be the starter there all the time. Uh, and they need more playmaking in the secondary. They really do. Kenny Moore and, and Julian Blackman are your biggest playmakers yeah. in the secondary, but they're both free agents. I mean, Blackman is a little younger, mid twenties, but Kenny is going to be on the wrong side of 30 very soon. I think he might already be 30, if not by the start of the season. So that's definitely a few areas I think we can all agree on that they need to add. And I don't know if the offense will happen in, in the first round, but it, it feels like this is a special draft for them where defensively they should be able to have some really quality players right there at 15 and maybe such a, a, a large group that they like that they could even trade down a little bit and get one of those guys recoup some assets. Uh, so coming up, we're going to, you know, we've kind of identified those needs. Now, which players in this draft early on kind of fit those needs the best? We'll chat about that in a minute. DoorDash went all out for game day, and they DoorDashed stuff from all the ads to one lucky winner. Cars, snacks, even tax software. Somehow they pulled it off. I'm a little salty that it wasn't me. I did not win, but I got to hand it to them. It was one heck of a delivery. If you didn't have the chance to hit the grocery store last weekend after all the big game commotion, or maybe your bar cart has been mysteriously cleared out, you got to hit up uh, DoorDash to stock back up for the week ahead. Whatever watch party or anything party you've got coming up, get it delivered with DoorDash. Football season may be over, but we're in the thick of basketball games, the school year, and we all know winter ain't done yet. I can think of a million reasons daily to order DoorDash, and oftentimes I do. Uh, so hop on the app and make your day a little easier. Get dinner for tonight, groceries for the week, or a consolation prize for your sad friends over in San Fran, all on DoorDash. DoorDash, your door to more. Head to DoorDash app to get everything you need delivered. All right, so now we're going to talk about some specific players in the draft that fit, and we might as well go ahead and start with your uh, brand new fresh mock draft that came out after the Super Bowl. So, uh, there's been some some common names we've seen mocked to the Colts so far, just because, again, we've talked about there are a couple areas where you can really see that they can add to the roster, and there's some really quality players there. Uh, one of my favorites is, is someone you added to him, Terrian Arnold, the cornerback out of Alabama at 15. Man, <clears throat> Terrian Arnold, like he, you know, corner slate safety, a guy that really took a step this year, right? And, and I remember listening to him, uh, I think it was either a practice press conference or after a game where early in the season, I think he made a, uh, he made some mistakes in the game. It might have been a Texas game, if I'm not mistaken. And then, like, I think he got, he, he got berated by Saban, right? You know, Saban doesn't go for the mistakes. Yep. So Saban got on him. And the professionalism, the maturity of this young man to take that coaching and take it in stride and be like, no, I know where I messed up. Coach is right. Like I, I made my mistake, and just watching him evolve and grow. Out of all the corners in this class, he made. I think he is the best mover in terms of speed, 
agility, transitions, hip fluidity. A guy that like a play man to man very well, be in the hip pocket, be a sticky cover corner, but also zone coverage, right? Like there's there's reps of him in the slot, him out wide, him playing cover three, out wide, him playing the cover three, kind of that hook curl defender or you know whatnot um out of the out of the nickel guy that baits quarterbacks in the throws he's got really good ball skills but that twitch and explosiveness especially driving and clicking and closing downhill man i think he's such a, a scheme versatile player and the thing i love about him most me and Keith talked about this he's a he's physical right like you don't mm-hmm. see corners that want to play at the point of attack in the run game or the screen game, right? Defeating stock blocks. Those receivers, that those big receivers are going to work up to him and block him off, let the, you know, whether it's a running back screen into the flats, flare out, or just a bubble screen. He does a, a tremendous job uh, destroying those blocks, deconstructing them, uh, meeting those guys at the point of attack, but also making a play. I think it was the SEC championship game where Georgia tries to, I think they ran a tall sweep to his side on like fourth and one. And he's he he um he triggered downhill, evaded the block, and then made a big hit on the running back in the backfield for a loss and gave his offense the football back. So you're talking about walking in to the NFL with that type of coverage ability, the ball skills, but also the physicality, where you know, those type of plays get defensive coordinators amped. Cause it's like, yeah, I we, we can stop the run on the outside on the perimeter inside we got backers defensive line because typically what do you do if like man if i can't run between the tackles i'm gonna i'm gonna pitch it outside let's let's take advantage of these corners who don't want to tackle terry on the wants to tackle so i think pairing him with juju brents like in, in not uh it was a situation where i was like all right if brock bowers falls that's what a discussion would be for me it's like terry on mm-hmm. or brock do i want to give them a stud corner or do we go with the e- elite caliber pass catching tight end at 15? And I think that's where that I think honestly, I think Brock could be there at 15, potentially, the way that the, the way that things are could shape shape out and shake out. So getting Terry on Arnold, I think that was like a, a, a huge get for this defense. Um, and then allowing them to in second round, second, third round, like you said, finding that explosive receiving threat, whether it is I mean, heck, you can you talk about adding another tight end, a Jatavian Sanders from Texas, a guy you can put at that tight end spot, put him out into the into the slot, put him out wide, and kind of funnel the passing game through as your kind of number one type of tight end. He's a very, very talented pass catcher as well. But again, if you're looking at receivers and you know, whether it's uh, Jacob Cowan, you have um you know a lot of different body types and, and athleticism. Um, traits at the receiver position. So I was like, you know what? Let's go Terry on Arnold here because I want to give them two young bookend corners that you can really allow to live on the island and everything else would be a lot easier for your defense. Yeah, that that feels like the most likely scenario if available for the Colts. Uh, I think he he fits that Gus Bradley and Ron Milas mold for the cornerbacks really well. We saw them really hammer that last year with Brents, Darius Rush, and Jalen Jones. I think Arnold fits that. Uh, the, I like that you mentioned his aggressiveness because that's the thing they've talked about. You cannot be a good run defense unless your corners want to mix it up too. And Brent's definitely does. And Arnold doing that as well would be huge because we've, I mean, Grover Stewart was gone for six games last year, which was the biggest issue to their run defense at times. Mm-hmm. But then when you had cornerbacks out there, when Brent's was hurt too, 
that didn't want to tackle as much, that was a huge problem. So if your three corners are Juju Brents, Terion Arnold, and Kenny Moore, three corners who love to hit and love to sniff out the, the screen game, that's huge. Uh, I mean, Kool-Aid McKinstry and Nate Wiggins are a couple other common guys Absolutely. we see mocked to the Colts at 15. Uh, but Bowers, I think, right now is the fan favorite. You know, he's, he's flash. He's a pass catcher. Uh, it's it's the sexy pick. And I could see the Colts doing it. Um, you know, they they love to use those multi-tight end sets when they've got guys they feel can fit those roles. Uh, but I, I think the biggest question people have about him is we know he's a playmaker with the ball in his hands. But, you know, what is his likelihood of being a solid blocker in the NFL? How, how much have you put into that so far? That's <clears throat> that's the biggest concern that I have outside of like Georgia made things easy for him. <clears throat> you know what I mean? In college where he didn't face a lot of man press man to man, even though he played a lot in the, in the slot, like playing detached from the line, he didn't face a lot of tight man to man coverage. And when he did, it wasn't, I, I felt like it was like, man, he's not used to it. So like release packaging, using his hands to, to clear guys. I was like, he just needs more reps against this and he'll be fine. But the run blocking is probably the bigger thing because he's also a little on the undersized, you know, on the spectrum. He's like, what, 6'3", 6'4", 230. So, yeah, he's not going to be a like the, the rep we saw. I think it was the NFC Championship game where George Kittle takes Aiden Hutchinson for a ride. Mm-hmm. We're probably not getting that out of Brock Bowers. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't think we're going to get that. But I do think that he can – to me, he's more of a space blocker, a climber. Um, you know, getting up to the second level where he can deal with nickels, safeties, and, and pick off some linebackers. You talk about putting them in line and having to deal with Trayvon Walker from Georgia, who is his former teammate. Mm-hmm. I don't really like those odds. I think Trayvon's gonna be able to win that matchup, you know what I mean, and win it fairly easily. You know, uh Josh Allen from Jacksonville, right? Like, do you want him against Will Anderson Jr. trying to block him in the run game? I'm not too sure about that, right? So it's like in that situation, that's where you kind of have some drawbacks. It's like, okay, what is – how do we still effectively run the ball with him on the field, right? And I think that's where you look at him as more of a, like I said, climbing to the second level. But also, with so much split flow action in the NFL now, he him coming backside as that slice blocker on, like, split inside zone, split wide zone, things like that, where mm-hmm. he's not having to deal with the – man-to-man down blocking, trying to move a guy off the spot, reset the line of scrimmage. He could just come right underneath the – right behind the offensive line, take out – and, you know, whether it's chop block that backside defender, whether it's a stand-up defensive end or outside linebacker, take their – you know, chop their legs and their knees out, take them out of the play, and allow the running back to be able to gain or quarterback in this situation because uh, you can always do QB keeper off of that and allow the whoever's a ball carrier to have, his, have an advantageous – box count, right? Because when you take out that backside defender, it makes it a lot easy. So I think that's where you can get some more out of him as a run blocker, but that's going to be the biggest thing is like, all right, how do we effectively run the ball with him on the field if he's tight end one? Now, it's different. You're talking about 12, 13 personnel, 21. It's like, okay, it's a little different, right? There's more jumbo sets, but he's, you're in 11. You know, if you're, he's the only tight end on the field. Where are you putting him in the run game to where you could be really effective? And I think that's going to be the biggest question mark. Yeah, I, I think with Shane Steichen and how exotic he makes things, you know, uses a lot of motion and stuff. I think that could probably help him out a little bit. Yep. Um, but, I mean, we have seen th- this coaching staff has been able to get some quality 
uh, I guess, progression from some, because they, they only really have one tight end on the roster who you can consider a solid blocker. That's Mo Alley Cox. Mm-hmm. But even he took a step back two years ago. They brought the, the Colts brought Tom Manning back as the tight ends coach under Steichen. We saw progress from Kylan Granson, Drew Ogletree, and Mo Alley Cox kind of got back to it as a blocker. Uh, so maybe that helps Brock Bowers a little bit, but he's kind of a player where you draft him you're not drafting him to be your stud blocker anyways. You can take time in that first year to kind of get his feet wet. So, uh, Damien, that was really good stuff. Thanks a lot, man. We're, we're definitely going to have to have you back. Zach and I will see you here in Indy for the Combine, I'm sure. Absolutely. So, uh, yep, we, we've got a lot more cold stuff to do. Again, no quarterback this year that, that we need. So kind of a, a wider pool of players to, to look through that you're going to have to help us out over these next Absolutely, couple months. Absolutely, man. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks again to Damien for his time. Be sure to follow his work on the Draft Network and, of course, the Locked on NFL Draft show with his teammate Keith Sanchez. Uh, Follow him on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, at DP underscore NFL. Coming up next, just going to kind of react to, you know, uh, the the conversation from uh, from Damien and I uh, talk about a little bit more draft stuff, what we think still might be able to happen, Uh, because, again, very common to see pass catchers and corners. So what else might be coming down the pipe? Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays. That's what everyone is into nowadays, the parlays exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, so I'm I'm glad Damian mentioned on his own a lot of the guys that we've all been talking about for a bit, and that's, you know, uh, Brock Bowers kind of being the bell of the ball right now. Uh, I, I think he's probably in most Colts fans' top two or three prospects that they would like to see land here in Indy. Uh, Terry on Arnold as well. You've kind of got a little mashup of corners there in the, in the middle of the first round. Cornerback's kind of wide open. I do feel like NFL teams are probably a little higher on uh, Arnold and maybe even Quinion Mitchell uh, from uh, Toledo and another standout from, from the senior bowl. But again, you got Nate Wiggins from Clemson. You've got uh, Cooper DeGene from Iowa there's a lot of guys in the mix here. So we'll see how that kind of all shakes out. Um, personally, I think Arnold really, really fits Bradley well. Uh, you look at his teammate, Kool-Aid McKintry, uh, also as well. He's got bigger questions about his movement, his fluidity, his deep speed. Uh, but he's got the ball skills as well. He is also tough. Um, he's, shoot, he's, he's kind of more like your Juju Brents, I guess you could say. Some of the some of the same question marks you have about Brents, you probably have about McKintry. But that's someone who can answer a lot of questions at the combine uh, with his pre-draft workouts and, and things of that nature. So, you know, we focused on Bowers and the cornerbacks and stuff early on. You know, if you look at round two, uh, even round three, I think that's where you really start to, if you miss out on a Bowers, I think that's where you really start to look into getting that explosive offensive playmaker. He, he mentioned Jatavian Sanders from Texas, uh, you know, this guy's probably more around three, four, but like Ryan Flournoy, the, the receiver from Southeast Missouri State. I think a guy like that fits really well because 
you're not drafting him early enough and he's probably not ready enough to be a heavy contributor year one. And you're probably not ready for someone to eat into like Alec Pierce's snaps yet. Uh, but that's someone perhaps he could contribute in the, in the return game and alleviate some of Josh Downs workload. And you just kind of give him a small role, like the Isaiah McKenzie role, for example, in, in year one. And then year two, you really work him in. He's more of a field stretcher. Uh, you know, Damian mentioned not just work up deep speed like Pierce has, but like instant speed and quickness. And that is definitely something that Flournoy has. Uh, there's several guys in the draft this year that that kind of fit that downfield stretcher mold. So I, I think the Colts will be able to address that explosive playmaker in their first three or four picks. I think cornerback is another one they should be able to, to address as well. Defensive tackle is one I'm really interested in for them because how much longer is DeForest Buckner going to be in a Colts uniform? You know, if if the Colts aren't ascending like they want to by the time that contract is up, I, I mean, how much is he going to want to stick around? He's going to want to win that Super Bowl before his career is up. So it may not be such a slam dunk that Buckner resigns when his time comes up. Grover Stewart, I mean, he's a free agent, or I think we're all pretty confident he'll be back. Uh, but again, you need help behind him. Eric Johnson hasn't really fulfilled that yet. Adetome Adebare is a very talented player, but we don't know how he's going to translate yet. And again, we we saw how it was without Grover Stewart last year in those six games. Uh, Taven Bryan, nice player against the pass generally, but you're not really wanting him to fill in for Grover Stewart um, against the run. Even when Grover was back, but off of the field taking breaks, we know how it looks. So if you get like a, a Byron Murphy from Texas, I think it's probably more likely than his teammate Tavondre Sweat. Uh, Sweat just doesn't necessarily fit what the Colts have normally gone for with um, with their defensive lineman before. He's kind of a bigger, less twitchy, less rock bulked up type of player. Could be wrong. I, I mean, maybe they decide to kind of buck that trend. We've seen Chris Ballard go for a Josh Downs type now for the first time. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, draft season is just getting heated up. Uh, Zach and I are going to have a ton of stuff for you. We'll have guests like Damian coming on. Uh, lots more people to come on and just talk about their favorite draft prospects. Again, since you, the Colts don't have a quarterback need this year, they don't need uh, you know left tackle. They've got a really good left tackle on a rookie deer in Bernard Raymond. Uh, defensive ends, we really like them. I mean, although they could use an extra one, uh, we're, we're going to learn a lot about a lot of different players, and I, I think this is going to be a really big offseason for Locked On Colts. So hopefully you guys hang around here with us. Uh, but also, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Because now football season is over, at least the season. Still got draft stuff, free agency, all that. But if you want to shift your focus to the MLB is going to be starting up. You know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of soccer fans, basketball fans, everything. There's going to be something for you on uh, Locked On, whatever you're looking for. So after this, go on to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And if you don't already, follow at Locked On Colts at NFL and at Zach Hicks 2 on Twitter. Also subscribe on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. We would also love your ratings and reviews as well. And with that, we will see you guys tomorrow.